everybody. Welcome to the Ball and Breakfast podcast. We've got a live studio edition here in the in the basement of my home, actually. Uh, <laughs> Wayne is here uh, in the Virginia area, right outside D.C. Uh, came to visit for a couple of days, yeah. but in the same sense, decided let's shoot a live version of, you know, our NFL weekly uh, podcast episode here. So um, week seven uh, coming at mm-hmm. you this week. Uh, we're going to go over all the matchups. In the same sense, week six, obviously, had some uh, some pretty big knockoffs. There's no more undefeated teams. We'll, we'll you know, gather some of those insights into, you know, each matchup for this week. But, uh, yeah, I guess without further ado, I'll kick it over to Wayne. We'll talk about the first matchup. It's going to be on Thursday between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, uh, both teams, man. You know, uh, I mean, the Saints... Uh, you know, didn't look so good last week, I think. I think they lost to the Texans, had a couple of turnovers there. They did get like over 400 yards of offense, but, you know, and but they only got 13 points off that, which is a little bit nuts. And, mm. you know, going against CJ Stroud, yeah, didn't have the best game there, but you know, losing 20 to 13. But, you know, with the Jags, I think they, they've been playing really well. Like you, like you were talking about uh, last week, they've been playing really good football, but I think this, they won three in a row. Uh, they lead the league in tur- turnover differential. So it's like they're creating turnovers. They're keeping the ball. And, you know, that's that's enabled them to get victories. So, um, you know, I, I, I do believe that the Saints are actually, since it's, you know, in New Orleans, they're favored. But I'm going to pick the Jags here. I'm going to I'm gonna go on that boat. I'm going to join your boat. Uh, and just like, you know, any type of bets or any type of bets I make, it'll probably go, you know, the Saints will win or whatever. But, hey. I'm going to go, go with the Jags, go with the hot team, team that's creating turnovers there uh, to win this game. Yeah, I'm a, I'll, I'll go with you. I mean, I feel like the Saints really struggle against the Texans. I still have my own concerns about Derek Carr, his, his you know, injury, uh, you know, history so far this year, and then just how healthy that shoulder is and mm-hmm. kind of being able to, you know, expand the field a little bit. Um, still not sure you know, what Chris Olave is going to be in this offense going forward, which sucks for him because it's not, you know, his fault based on his own talent. But, um, you know, I think Kamara is actually being used in a pretty effective way. He's been very efficient with his touches, but it's like, is that the is that the formula they need to start winning games? And obviously mm-hmm. the offense isn't putting up, you know, any sort of points or anything like that against, I, I think, pretty middling opponents. Like Houston's obviously trending in the right direction as a franchise, but I still mm-hmm. feel like, if you're the Saints, you're going to, you know, you want to, you know, kind of lead the division or kind of be, you know, the, the you know, top team there. It's like they're not really showing us that so far. And, yeah, Jacksonville, um, you know, 37 points. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, still isn't putting up those, uh, you know, heroic stat lines or anything like that. I feel like he's still a little bit on and off with Calvin Ridley, which, you know, it probably does hurt the offense a bit. I mean, it'd be probably be nice for him to have, you know, kind of establish that true number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Kirk and him seem to kind of seesaw in that. And um, Etienne's been pretty, pretty productive uh, in the rushing game, receiving game. But it feels like the offense, it's like hard to understand like what their true identity is so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think they play, you know, uh, kind of really hard together. I feel like there's a lot of continuity on the team itself. So I feel like they're all kind of, starting to, you know, string wins together, move in the right direction. I think that's there. But mm-hmm. I guess if I if I wanna, you know, get really bullish on the Jaguars for their season, I just I wanna see them, you know, have a little bit more 
uh, continuity be a little bit more right. defined week to week. And it, it kind of at times feels like it's a little bit of a mixed bag as far as their upside. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the beginning of the year they had that. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah, I guess, in the, you know, the past three games, maybe more so of their kind of, you know, figuring out their true identity uh, defensively, I think has been the big, big thing, at least in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, like we were saying, like ETN, he's, he's been going off some now he's, there, there, there was always always this thing like when you know when his rookie year it was like him and like James Robinson right it's like who's who's the true running back but yeah clearly he's kind of taken the reins uh, for that and rightfully so you know so I feel like he's been able to deliver and you know with that with the offensive like uh, with the wide receiver talent that uh, Trevor Lawrence has you know with Ridley Christian Kirk I feel like you know Zay Jones as well uh, yeah they have enough talent to you know, for Trevor Lawrence to uh, distribute the ball there and then also give it to ETN out of the backfield. And that's that's really kept, I think, feel like a lot of defenses on their toes of late. Uh, that and, yeah, the you know, team creating turnovers as well. So, uh, yeah, for me, I don't know, Jags playing really good football, I think, of late. Uh, and then, yeah, Saints to me, you know, up and down team at the moment right now. So, yeah, there are like very few teams you think around the league like that haven't had some concerns or some issues that we could pick at and things like that. So I think we're getting kind of obviously picky with one of the, I would say top teams in the league. Like if they win again this week, I mean, they're really starting to establish themselves as like the top team, obviously in that division, which we kind of projected, but um, yeah, I guess for this one, uh, minus one, you know, like I said, going to the Saints, (laughs) I'll take the Jaguars. Yeah. Sounds like you are too. Yeah. um, Overall. So, we can just move on to Sunday. Um, in the day slate, we got the Commanders going on the road against the Giants. Man, yeah. You know, talk about, like, two teams. Uh, you know, I I think both teams, at least in my opinion, I think they came up with some high expectations or maybe uh, some bullish expectations coming to the season. Uh, Commanders, you know, started 2-0, uh, but they've gotten to some struggles of late, right? So uh, their defense has you know not been playing the best, but... Uh, neither has the Giants, and I, I think that's 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 kind of been the biggest question, uh, you know, of late. You know, the the Giants had a pretty good o- overall showing in the last game, though, and you know, you, you kind of wonder are are they turning the tide on something, maybe? Uh, but I'm still gonna go to go with the Commanders there. <laughs> you know, Sam Howell, I feel like he's he's definitely had his ups and downs, but I think overall he's gotten better. Um, I mean. The pass protection, that's obviously been, I think, the concern. Like, you know, they lead the league in sacks. Some of that is on Sam Howell, for sure. You know, being a young quarterback, just you know, trying to figure out how to read the field. But um, overall, I think they have enough talent. I think they have enough talent around Sam Howell to make the plays, more so than the Giants. And then also on the on the um, defensive side, I think they will be able to, you know, stop the, the ball, uh, the, the running game a little bit. Uh, you know, they haven't been able to do it as well. I think they're like, bottom like bottom 10 there in terms of like run defense but and you know that that could potentially hurt uh their chances to beat the giants who you know they're they are a running team with you know daniel jones and then you know barkley you know i think he's back right so um just something i guess to keep an eye on but for me overall i I do still feel confident that commanders will take this over the giants there yeah i'm gonna play devil's advocate oh i'm gonna go with the giants here i feel like they were not like knocking at the door of a victory yeah. on sunday against the bills um seriously if, if josh, i was surprised yeah, yeah. If josh had like, <laughs> the needle there at the end to the no-name tight end that you know caught his first nfl uh yeah. target 
um, ever for for the go ahead uh, you know touchdown there. I thought the Giants were on the forefront of getting a victory, which would have been huge on the road there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his team's going to continue to struggle, be inconsistent, everything else like that. I'm not sure if Daniel Jones will suit up and play, but Terod mm-hmm. Taylor like played well enough where you know I could see him taking the helm again and you know going against Washington and you know doing the job well enough. Um, like you were mentioning, it seemed like there's been some course correction, at least with both of their defenses, uh, mm-hmm. you know, locking down their opponents last week. Um, that's nice to see. I mean, for what's worth, Sam Howell had, you know, pretty, uh, you know, perfect line in terms of, you know, his passing uh, from last week, you know, three touchdowns, no interceptions, still like a lower amount of attempts, lower amount of yardage. But for, you know, a young quarterback, uh, you know, just just kind of, you know, possessing the ball, not making too many mistakes, you know, taking care of, you know, obviously your, your running back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, duo there and uh, Terry McLaurin getting him more involved. Like, yeah. Those are all positive strides. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty whatever about both these teams. Like, I, I mean, I don't, like week to week, I think this could be a coin flip, like yeah. in a lot of situations. But okay. I guess I'm just going off momentum, kind of looking at, you know, the Giants maybe figuring some things out, especially defensively. Um, yeah. Often still seem to, tr- you know, struggle a little bit. But, you know, going against an opponent like uh, the Commanders, I think, uh, you yeah. know, at home, there's a good chance sure. that they may, uh, you know, come out with a victory. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, you know, the the commanders looks like they're uh, two point favorites over the Giants on the road. Um, So, I mean, that really is I feel like that's a good that's a good matchup to take there. If you if you're if you're like want to have some sort of upset there because commanders, yeah, they've been up and down. So, like, why not take that chance there, uh, you know, with the Giants? um, Yeah. Again, based, you know, building off of maybe the game that they had last game. So against a really good opponent there with the Bills. So. Um, but yeah, I'm going to stick commanders taking the, the game there, uh, picking the favorite, you know, how about that? So, well, sounds pretty good. Um, on our next one, we've got the Los Angeles chargers going on the road to take on the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. I mean, you know, divisional, uh, game here for sure. And then, you know, uh, chiefs there, there's, there's still the chiefs. Like that's, it's, it's hard to win against the chiefs, you know, uh, with Kelsey, with Chris Jones, right, and then basically all all the surrounding players, like they're still. Uh, I don't think they have lost a game with with all those players still. You know the, the big three there. So uh, Chargers, you know, similar uh, to how we were talking about, like you know, up and down as well, and they have all the talent in the world. Uh, have been playing better, uh, but still, you know. Uh, Eckler now, right, uh, back and everything. So that's that's something to keep an eye out on. But, um, yeah, it, it's hard to go not not the Chiefs, I feel like. Uh, you know, maybe Taylor Swift uh, makes an appearance, <laughs> you know, brights things up, uh, improves the economy in the Kansas City area you know, a little bit more, right? You know, a little bit of stimulus packaging there <laughs> happening. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go still Chiefs. So it's like they're five and a half favorites there. Uh I might go the over actually. I might go the over, um, and you know, uh, for five and a half, uh, be at Chiefs. I I think they'll they'll be able to take this one. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, Chargers, I think, have a you know bottom two defense in the league in terms mm-hmm. of yards allowed. Uh, I mean, even uh, Herbert looked a little bit up and down that game against Dallas. Yeah, rightfully so. Uh, Dallas is pretty stifling with you know pressure and does a decent job of coverage, but he just didn't look like himself. Um, Eckler's still kind of getting reincorporated back, you know, into that mm-hmm. offense. Hard to know, like, 
what he can guarantee until we kind of see it, you know, past this, you know, ankle injury that he's been nursing. Um, not really sure if they've really developed another outside weapon, you know, beyond yeah. Keenan Allen at this point. So it's like, is it Josh Palmer? Is it going to be Quentin Johnson at some point? Is Gerald Everett going to be the guy? So there's kind of like a lot of, uh, you know, tertiary question marks I would, I would give, um, you know, LA around that offense. And yeah, Kansas city has been rolling. Um, they have a pretty stout defense themselves. I think they're yeah. like somewhere in the top six or seven. Right. Um, you know, against, against, you know, yardage allowed and things like that. Um, yeah. And Mahomes is pretty perfect when it comes to just, you know, playing pitch and catch and moving the ball down the field and using, you know, yeah. using all the weapons around him and just getting everybody involved. And you know, I just, I see this one kind of continuing on with that trend. I mean, the chargers will probably show up and, you know, give them a game, but I, I think, you know, Casey will probably cover that spread. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of cliche to say, but it's like if they are able to get pa- uh, pressure against Patrick Mahomes and get him like throw an air pass, you know, I feel like that's like their only chance. But you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's he's been playing really well. Uh, you know, maybe doesn't have the numbers to necessarily back it up. He's still playing at that like cerebral, but all the arm talent in the world type of uh, player, just making all the right choices there. So um, you know. Unless, yeah, Kilo Mack can get his six sacks or something like that <laughs> crazy game. Uh, yeah, you got to go with the Chiefs here, I feel like. so. Yeah, there's something to be said just about a you know, quarterback and a team that just can win, can win an ugly, too. You know, like, mm-hmm. you, you make the contest really, you know, close and you, you battle. Right. And, like, it may not be your best game, but if you can come over the top of the W, like, against, you know, what they did against the Broncos, like, mm-hmm. that, sh- that shows pretty well in the team. I, I give teams a lot of credit that are able to still, you know, go over even when they've you know not played their best football so um, yeah that's something they do pretty well i feel like over the last few years like they've consistently you know gotten those w's when they needed to yeah yeah and we'll also looking looking at justin herbert's record against uh the chiefs looks like yeah he's lost his last three too uh as well so you know not not the best confidence going into this game uh with uh, the chiefs and they have and yeah their secondary has been playing really well uh you know against uh, well, most teams, but you know, yeah, the Chargers and all their offensive talent, the passing game that they have, you know, and that you know, having Chris Jones as well to create some pressures there, I feel like that should be enough to you know stifle whatever attack that uh, the Chargers might have. But you know, like I said, if they are able to get some pressure against Mahomes, you know, get an interception here or, or two here, here and there, like that's I feel like is the only chance to beat them. So, got it. On our next one, we've got the Cleveland Browns going into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Yeah, this is actually going to be a good one. I feel like <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I've always talked good about you know Shane Steichen and what he's been able to produce there. Um, but you know, I know they didn't win their last one, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I've gone bounce, you know, bouncing back and forth. I know. Browns with this whole idea of like Deshaun Watson, like is he playing? Is he not? Is he hurt or is he not? And having like you know PJ Walker uh, play or something. Uh, although that was a nice victory that they had, like that was nuts. You know who who would have thought? Like uh, for me, it was like oh Deshaun Watson not playing L automatic mm-hmm. L, but that defense was keeping them in the game. Uh, and then yeah, you know didn't didn't hit that field goal at the end there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's definitely I feel like that has to have like a you know boat of confidence to that team. I feel like you know being able to win against the best team. Yeah, I've called them the best team in football. Uh, you know, especially at roster wise, and being able to win with your backup quarterback, that's awesome. So 
Um, but yeah, I don't know if maybe this is like me definitely over overthinking it of like, okay, you got Minshew over there, right? Uh, you know, AR, you know, he's probably not going to be playing. I don't think, right? I think he's. They were saying he's going to be out a couple weeks last week. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I have a lot more confidence if if he's playing than say PJ Walker. I feel like, yeah, you know, Grant in yeah. For me, I feel like that last game with the Browns was like the football gods were just in their favor for for, for that Sunday, you know. So, uh, I'm actually going to go. Uh, with the Colts here, <laughs> Colts at home. Nice. Uh, you know, I, I've been up and down with the Colts and everything. I've been on the Minshew bandwagon, so I'm gonna go with them and take you know get this road victory here against you know I I love this Browns defense. They're, yeah, they're tenacious. So you know I just think Minshew magic. He'll make a couple plays here and there, and that'll be that'll be enough for them there. Yeah. Um, I'm going the other way. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. Uh. Minshew, you know, speaking of backup quarterbacks, you know, threw three picks last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor still kind of suspect in their running game. I mean, coming back from, you know, uh, being on the pup list and, you know, not playing games, not being incorporated in their offense. So I think maybe, you know, figuring out what they're doing with Moss and him at the same yeah. time may be a little bit confusing. Um, you know, obviously with Richardson being out of the lineup, like that might change the face of the offense as well when you shift over to Minshew. But, you know, they got stomped pretty pretty badly by by Jacksonville. Um, Cleveland, for what it's worth, has been consistently bringing the pressure this year, has been playing really well on defense. Um, love what they did against the Niners. That was a super gritty win, you know, uh, just both on the defensive end, you know, getting, you know, Kareem Hunt involved in their offense. I saw, you know, obviously Cooper, you know, made that big catch and, you know, mm-hmm. broke a big, you know, play toward the end of the game there. Um you know, it wasn't their home, uh, you know, ball field, but in the same sense, uh, you know, I think this team has figured out a formula probably works for them, uh, yeah. even apart from, you know, Deshaun Watson being there or not. It looks like his shoulder is getting better. Um, he's got a good chance of playing uh, in week seven for what I'm reading. So mm-hmm. if Watson's on the field too, that, that you know, obviously adds an extra element um, to their team, to their offense. Uh, if P.J. Walker's on the field and he's going up against Minshew, I don't want to say that's a wash. I definitely think Minshew's the better quarterback, but yeah, I think the Browns are the better team. So, um, yeah, I'll take the Browns to to win. Um, you know, obviously covering any spread that may, you know, be against their favor. But yeah, I just I like how they're playing. I like how they're you know kind of playing. Uh, you know, together. I think they're inspired. So, you know, early on, I just think that's important, and it's obviously like you know showing in uh, you know, the win loss column for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean that defense will win the games. Um, yeah, maybe against the Colts. It, it looks like it's a two point spread in favor of the Browns here on the road. Okay. So, um, so yeah, going to the favorite uh, favorite there. But yeah, for me, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Minshew. It's one of those, you know. I, I feel like it's gonna be like an every other week. Like, all right, Minshew has a bad game this week, and then he shows up the next week against the Browns, like one of the best defenses in all football. So, um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a feeling there, even with uh, the talented secondary that the Browns have too. So, um, but yeah, if, if Watson does show up, I'd be like, you know, can I can I change my pick here? Uh, yeah, fair enough. He, you could definitely be a difference maker for sure. Sounds good. Um, our next one, we've got Buffalo going on the road to take on New England. <laughs> I mean, the point spread looks like it's nine here. Obviously, in favor of the Bills, uh, even on the road. Uh, you know, like. Man, you got to take the Bills here. Uh, 
I mean, is it going to be like an upset in the making? I don't know. I I can't see that possibly. Then that being said, you know, can I see the PJ Walker and you know, even that Browns defense? But even this Patriots you know, team, more so of like I don't know. I I just don't see it. both on the defensive side not having some of their you know top talented players there, and then also on on the offensive side, like you know we've been saying, it's just so anemic. Things need to change there. It's 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 completely nuts. So. You know, it's a nine-point favorite for the Bills. Um, you know, Bills sometimes they they do play you know to uh, their opponent's level if they're not that good. Sometimes that does happen, but you know, it being the Patriots, I feel like they got to bring it right. They're gonna like let's just trash this team. Let's put them in the dumpster and fire them up, boy. So I feel like yeah, Bills are gonna cover that spread nine points. And take take this victory for them. Yeah, um, they'll probably do a lot better this week than they did last week against the Giants in that spread. And yeah, <laughs> minus fourteen for the Bills against the Giants, and they almost ended up losing that game. So, um, I think that was the necessary uh, wake up call they probably needed as a team. I think, I think they're way too talented, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to be dropping games, obviously, like that to the Giants, but then to do it again um, in back-to-back weeks against, you know, very, mm-hmm. very lowly opponents. Like, I'm now putting Patriots in that category after three straight weeks of L's, <laughs> you know, kind of pulling for the Pats, thinking they'll, you know, come, you know, come back together and, you know, rally around Belichick and, you know, be, be you know, disciplined and, you know, well-structured and everything like that. Like, they're just missing talent. It's pretty clear at this point. Mac Jones, I don't know how much more time he has as a NFL quarterback mm-hmm. here. I think, you know, looking back to last year, it might have been the Monday night game where they ran the ball like 40 or so times right. against, you know, Buffalo in that freezing cold game and heavy wins and everything like that. That played to their advantage. But yeah, I, I mean, all, you know, all sorts of gimmick schemes aside, like Buffalo, you know, they should be pounding a team like New England. I think the thing we're concerned about is, you know, Buffalo's offense and it seriously is just so one dimensional. Like that's really going to limit them. It's going to cap their upside. I think uh, once we get to playoffs, they're still, you know, playing the same, you know, style of football. It's nice to like see James Cook actually get involved in the offense this time and really establish themselves, you know, step, you know, himself at least like through the run game. But anytime he goes to the air, it's like, if it's not Stefan Diggs, uh, it's it's anyone's guess. I mean, it's anyone's guess who's going to get some targets, but you know, it's just he's the only guy that you can really depend on um, in the passing game. And I think the Giants probably knew that. The Giants probably you know schemed up something that mm-hmm. would make some of those other guys you know have the onus. I think Stefan still ended up with his numbers, but yeah, I mean, if I was a defensive coordinator, I would I'd just be thinking of the you know most opportune ways to expose those secondary, you know, tertiary options in Buffalo and just, yeah. you know, try to put the weight on their shoulders. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, to, to the whole Mac Jones thing, it's like, oh, Bill Belichick did not give him any confidence, like in that post-game uh, uh, <laughs> interview that they had, I think. It was like something along the lines of, you know, oh, the, the press is trying to figure out, is he, the, is he the quarterback? Is he the quarterback and all that? Of course, he never gave like a, yeah, of course he's right. He's like, no, we we just took him out, like whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, is he gonna be? Is he gonna? Is he gonna be a starter at the end of the ne- of this coming game? Like that's what I'm wondering. Like, mm-hmm. are they gonna take him out maybe halftime? You know, down by twenty or something like that. 
Uh, I think, what, they got Malik Cunningham. <laughs> they just, like, I think they got signed up for the practice squad or something like that. So, I don't know. This this whole thing is, like, you know, should we just be tanking? Well, in a way, tanking is just playing Mac Jones, basically. Yeah. So, honestly, it's like, you know, uh, I'm maybe they're trying to get into this whole Caleb Williams, uh, you know, uh, yeah, the sweepstakes there. So, I feel like, yeah, there's something's got to happen, I think, with the Patriots and Bill Belichick. He's only getting older. I don't think he has the patience for any of this stuff. So yeah, uh, but yeah, Bill is definitely going to be taking this and running through them for sure. Yeah, everything I said about Belichick last week applied. Mm-hmm. You know, to this, this game against the Raiders. Yeah, uh, another team that you know they probably shouldn't be dropping games to. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that they are just shows you know kind of their their spot in the pecking order yeah. in the NFL. It's near the bottom. At this yeah, point. yeah, and and you know the Bills. I think yeah, they came from uh, uh, the London games, right? Not not uh, you know now they're they're a little bit more rested. I feel like so now they're like okay, uh, let's take care of some business. Let's beat the Patriots and and yeah, let's go. So I feel like you know that that was probably what hurt them. Maybe I'm I'm trying to like be their advocate. Probably what hurt them a little bit last game against the Giants. Now they're like okay, we're awake. Let's take care of business uh, with this Patriots team. Yeah, well, let's go. Let's go, <laughs> and uh, yeah, good luck to the good luck to the Pats. Um, in our next one, we've got the Detroit Lions going on the road to take on the Baltimore Ravens. This is gonna be this is gonna be my game. I feel like I'm trying to figure out like, or right, how can I watch this <laughs> or whatever? Because, uh, you know, Ravens are my AFC team. Like that's the that's like basically the franchise I wish that the Bears kind of like emulated more so of. You know, strong defense and then. You know, formidable offense, uh, you know, more modern. So, uh, I don't know, man. You know, I I think we were talking about before, like, Dan Montgomery, it was like he's going to be out. Um, that could definitely be an issue for sure. He's He's been playing really good football. Uh, you know, they have a good offensive line, so that should help uh, some of the running backs. And then Craig Reynolds, uh, he's he's kind of next man up there. Uh, Gibbs, uh, still, he might be playing, you know, keep an eye on that. But, you know... Yeah, they're they're running thin on the running back side, and I feel like Jared Goff he needs like a little bit of run. He needs a running game in order to uh, kind of complement his play action passing, making sure that the edge rushers just aren't like completely rushing it, you know, into him. So um, for me, all that being said, I'm going to take the Ravens then with that. Um, yeah. Ravens defense has been playing really well. I think you know without Montgomery, uh, without that necessary run game i feel like they'll be able to get to jared goff you know maybe create a turnover here and there uh and then you know lamar jackson and that offense uh definitely has been up and down uh but overall you know uh they've been able to put some points on the board and i feel like even against you know very tough very tough lions defense um yeah i think they'll be able to to you know score some points you know maybe score like 21 24 points something like that uh, but yeah, I think my concern more so is Ravens defense against the Lions offense. I think they'll be able to shut them down some uh, against the Lions there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think both these teams go to five and two. Um, you know, a bump in the road, perhaps for the Lions. You know, I think I'd like to get more clarity on how long David Montgomery is going to be out for because, mm. like I was saying last week, watching him live, uh, you know, seeing what his impact is on the game with that team. Um, he's a different player. He's a difference maker. You know, Craig Reynolds, I don't think he rushes at the same, you know, uh, pace as a David Montgomery. I think that's going to be a total uh, change for them just in terms of what they have talent-wise uh, in their stable. 
Gibbs is a different type of player. Like I, I think he's electric. I think he's you know, more of a you know pass catching threat than I than I would say between the tackles. Uh, mm-hmm. Against the Ravens, that might be a decent way to play. I mean, it seems like if I was to guess, they'd probably have some some points in the game where they're running out of uh you know negative game script types where they might have yeah. to go a little bit more pass heavy. But um, this seems like one of those like you know get humbled type of matchups for the up and coming Lions. Like they're having a great season so far, but. You know, the Ravens are pretty established. Um, I'm sure they'd like to you know, get the taste out of their mouths from, you know, their you know more recent matchups. Uh, you know, that they you know just so happened to drop. Uh, you know, one to the Steelers has you know yeah. probably the most uh, clear example of that. But yeah, I mean, I trust the Ravens to to you know do their job, especially at home. And uh, yeah, I think this is like a get right game for them. And I think both teams continue to do well for the rest of the year. This will just be. You know, um, you know, one up for Baltimore and one down for for Detroit. Yeah, yeah and Ravens are playing at home there too. Um, you know, point spread. Uh, yeah, it's like three. So, you know, it's it's they they think it's definitely going to be a close game. We'll see what happens. I think with Montgomery. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's not going to be. But I think Dan Campbell said, uh, he's going to miss some time, something like that. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see kind of how that game goes, but. Yeah, the Ravens just kind of how they, you know, played last week against the the Titans. I feel like yeah, they can definitely win like a a really great type of matchup like with the Lions. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, our next one we've got the Las Vegas Raiders going on the road, take on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, this is <laughs> this is definitely gonna be a fun one. Uh, you know, or or a sad one depending on how you look at it. I guess so. Uh, you know, this Bears team. They've, you know, I, I, I think I picked them uh, last last week there uh, against the Vikings and, you know, wanted to definitely see if there was some progress that they can build upon from that, you know, their victory. But uh, lo and behold, they disappointed me yet again. And, you know, I was like, not surprised whatsoever. So uh, Raiders, uh, you know, seems like they're getting, you know, somewhat of rhythm, I think, of I feel like. Uh, for their team, you know, Max Crosby, he's always a difference maker. You know, you have him you know, being able to create some sort of pass rush against Justin Fields. That's enough, I feel like, to just, like, stifle, stifle any type of offense that they can produce. You know, there's, their backfield has been banged up. Um, so if Crosby, you know, if, he has, if he's able just to get some sort of pass rush against Justin Fields, then it's game over, honestly. Uh, you know, Justin Fields can run and everything, like, or not just, or Justin Fields... He's going to be out, actually. Justin Fields is going to be out. It's Howard Badgett, right? Yeah. He's in. He's in. And, man, so that's that's just an ugly look. Uh, but whoever it is, like, yeah, at quarterback, like, Max Crosby is just going to get there against, you know, uh, the Bears offensive line. And, yeah, that's that's honestly going to be enough from the uh, offensive, you know, from the Bears offensive standpoint. Defensively, too, I feel like, you know, Bears, they had to kind of have that soft cover and everything. And I feel like a player like Jimmy Garoppolo and also Devontae Adams, like they're just, hey, get the ball out. Let's get it to the right receiver. Let's get open and, you know, basically play pitch and catch that way. So it's honestly just, I feel like not a good matchup uh, against the Bears. And yeah, I feel like you got to pick the the Raiders here. I think it's going to be over. I think it's it's a three-point spread there uh, in favor of the Raiders mm. uh, in Chicago. So, yeah, I'm going to go the over there with the Raiders. Man, it's a fair, it's a fair spread, especially on the road. I mean, I, w- I would consider his teams closer if, you know, everyone was healthy for this game. But, 
at least for a backup quarterback play, like I have much more faith in even putting in a Brian Hoyer uh, than I would yeah. like Tyler Badgett. <laughs> um, it seems like that might actually be the the quarterback matchup this week if Garoppolo and Fields are both out. Yeah, this game. yeah, so yeah. Garoppolo's hurt too. Could be pretty ugly. Um, yeah, I mean, even if that's the situation, I think your same logic applies to a guy like Hoyer, like a lot of pitch uh-huh. and catch and just short plays. But it's nice to have Devontae Adams there. Obviously, Josh Jacobs is like, um, you know, I would say a top ten back in the league. You've got. Michael Meyer now getting involved in the offense mm-hmm. a bit as a rookie. Um, he had a really good stat line last week uh, with with more action. So hopefully they're you know continuing to kind of like diversify you know who they're getting the ball to. I mean Jacoby Myers has had a really good season too. Um, underrated you know fact is uh, you know at this point the Raiders are almost a top ten defense too. So they've played pretty pretty well there and have held you know opponents to you know lower yardage, even you know lower points in a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. So you know, they're sneakily like the second place team in the AFC West, which yeah. I wouldn't even think about. You know, I wouldn't even I didn't even think that they'd be competitive this year. Like I, I really have little faith in this team, but they're they're finding them, you know, their ways into some pretty opportune matchups based on, yeah. you know, the time of year where the teams currently sit. It's like they keep kind of catching some of these breaks and you know, I think they go ahead and get another win here. Um, you know, just outright. I don't know, you know, if it's gonna be a, a uh, you know, wide margin, I would imagine, you know, both these teams struggle to maybe put up some points, uh, mm-hmm. you know, going into this week, but yeah, just having little faith in the bears. I mean, once fields left the game, they were pretty much, you know, out of it, but they were already struggling with him on the field. So and that's against Minnesota. Who's also not had, you know, the best of years, uh, you know, altogether and especially on the defensive side. So um, yeah, just a little confused. I mean, obviously if the bears continue to stack up these losses, you know, we're moving closer and closer to getting, you know, mm-hmm. one of those top picks in next year's draft by ourselves. And then obviously supplement that with whatever Carolina you know, ends up giving us. So um, exciting on that front. You yeah. Know, we look to the spring, but yeah, as far as right now goes, like, I think they just, you know, take another L here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, which quarterback would you want? Uh, would you want what Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, right? Or Brian Hoyer versus, you know, Tower Badgett, right? It's like, which one would you take uh, with the their, their, with, with their respective offenses that you have? Mm-hmm. Like I would definitely take whoever the Raiders have. You yeah, know? yeah. And look at those respective offenses too. Mm-hmm. You know, like the weapons that the Raiders have. You know, if the ball's in the right hands, you know, under center, mm-hmm. that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great toys to play with. You know, so um, yeah. I mean, I feel like whoever the Raiders put out there is probably gonna have a better day. You know, on the offensive side, but. Mm-hmm. Here's my question to you is like with Justin Fields, uh, you know, going out. I mean, to me, this is like the worst case scenario for the Bears because you just you kind of, you know, lose out on looks here. But um, number one, like if you're the GM, you're Ryan Poles, like what do you want to see the rest of the year, you know, from Fields? Like what would it take for you to I guess what would it take for you as Poles to be convinced that you can move forward with Fields given you know, he may be out another, whatever, two to three weeks plus with this thumb injury and mm-hmm. kind of what we've seen to date, I guess. Man, if I wanted, if I'm Ryan Poles, and well, first off, it's like, all right, I, I, I'm going to keep you my job, right? Because, you know, that badass trade, he had the first <laughs> overall pick. But at the same time, like, you had, you had the first overall pick, like, and you're in this position with a quarterback, young quarterback, like, who, who wouldn't be making a good deal with that, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's my whole thing. Um, but then to answer your question though, 
uh man like if i were to keep justin fields well first off is being healthy is one thing like he's been hurt basically every single season of his career i feel like right Mm -hmm. so that's that's one big thing being able to stay on the field like that's that's essential so and then i guess the second part it's like you know yeah, more of what yeah we saw in those that two game stretch essentially, um, you know, and if the offense, uh, the offensive scheming can coincide with like okay, let's definitely play to Justin Fields' strengths. Like we saw some of that, you know, later half of last season, uh, albeit yeah, they, you know, they didn't have the defensive uh, talent around him, uh, not as many weapons too. Like all those things were were definitely factors. Uh, but yeah, getting Justin Fields. Uh, you know, utilizing uh DJ Moore, like what perfect uh quarterback rating, right? Uh, they had uh you know or Justin Fields had with DJ Moore, so you know utilizing that seems they they can build off of that a little bit more, and then you know uh yeah, and then obviously just having some sort of uh enhancement or progression in his uh pre snap read, like that to me has been like one of the, his biggest things is not being able to just to like, all right, I'm going to go here, here based off of, you know, what the defense is presenting right now. So things like that to help speed things up. But honestly, it's year three. Like, you know, I think most people are, are, we're hoping for something more uh, come year three and it just hasn't been happening. So I think that's where it's like, all right, if he, you know, gets injured again, you know, Hey, look, injuries suck. That's, you know, it's not necessarily always his fault. It's just kind of how, you know, how things played out but at the end of the day if i'm the gm do i want to take somebody that will miss like four or five games out of the year like almost guaranteed or do i you know maybe want to take the unknown you know in a caleb williams right who mm-hmm. i think we've thrown around and i know there's been talks of him you know maybe not wanting to play for the bears but honestly it's like hey you know if, if you can bring in whatever like caleb williams bring in whatever uh, coach you want like we want to bring in uh, if you want to bring in, you know, uh, yeah, is it Riley right over there? Uh, if that is feasible, like, hey, let's see what we can uh, muster up there. So, uh, but yeah, like if 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 that kind of comes into play, yeah, I would be open to getting Caleb Williams. But yeah, there would just have to be, I feel like, a lot of things happening with Justin Fields in order to have me satisfied. But like, yeah, we can uh, keep you, but then yeah, maybe we do trade like the number one pick. Uh, and kind of do a similar deal what we did with DJ Moore, you know, getting DJ Moore and first rounders right that year. So that that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields, the only game he's had this year where he's really showed out was that Washington game, mm-hmm. and it was one where I was like, this demonstrates that he has the talent to be a top, you know, top option at quarterback, you know, in the NFL. Just the fact that he's capable, yeah, of having you know games like that. But there's too much inconsistency in his game too. You got in the injuries now. I mean, as a general manager, it's super frustrating to have him go. You know, obviously down right now with this, uh, you know, thumb injury because it's like we just mm-hmm. have less time to evaluate you, and you know, the team's only going to probably take steps back, you know, with your absence and everything like that. So, you know, like you're saying, once we get to, uh, you know, positioning ourselves in the NFL draft and stuff, we have to make those calls. You know, I'm kind of with you. I think you know, maximizing those those slots. If we, you know, we happen to guarantee a quarterback, you know selection with one of those and maybe it is trading down the other one trying to you know get as much value back for that pick as possible Mm -hmm. the only thing i would add to this you know conversation is you know 
Caleb Williams, obviously, is probably the top guy on the board uh, as far as quarterbacks go. Sure. He did struggle against Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, I think that's real. I think, you know, folks will look at that and say, you know, look, he's he's human. He's capable of you know, having some, you know, tough games. It's only going to get tougher when he gets the NFL. So, you know, are we just setting the clock back again for another, you know, two, three seasons? Like, it, it's possible. It's in the realm of possibilities. But, you know, just the way things have kind of panned out, Mm-hmm. You know, so far, you know, for Fields and, you know, his time at the Bears, like, you know, you may as well toss him out on the open market, see what <laughs> you may be able to fetch for a Justin Fields from a team that maybe yeah. understands, like, hey, I think we could use this guy a little bit better. Like, we could, you know, craft something more to his skill set and, you know, take take at least a shot on, yeah. you know, his athletic, up, you know, upside. But, yes, from what we've seen, if, if we're the general manager of the Bears, like, I think the smart move is to pull the trigger and just, you know, take take the red pill and see what else is out there. Yeah, like, if, hey, if the Falcons, like, if they offer, I don't know, maybe, like, what, a second rounder, a third rounder, you know, two, like a second or third, third rounder or something like that, would, would you take that, right? And then, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, <laughs> like, I would take it. And I, I think it's a trade or whatever that works for both sides, too, right? Like, you know, Ritter, he definitely has his up and downs, but, like, you know, oh, tossing Justin Fields in there? You know, he he would kill it, I feel like. So, yeah, yeah, no, I I would definitely be open to that. And, yeah, you know, quarterbacks have their struggles. But, yeah, you know, between, like, uh, was it Drake May and everything versus Caleb Williams, uh, at least from what I've seen, yeah, I I would take Caleb Williams. So, Mm -hmm. but, you know, yeah, like having a player like that. And, again, if I'm Brian Poles, I would want Caleb Williams to be like, okay, uh, we're setting the clock back. Keep my job. Like, mm-hmm. let me build the team as much as I can. Yeah. Sorry, I screwed up the first time. Like, getting you know Eberflus and Getzi and all all this fun stuff here, and not establishing a you know, good defensive line presence. So it's like get Caleb Williams, and <laughs> uh, you know, I I would definitely be open to Marvin Harrison Jr. If we are able to get like you know second third pick or something like that, but I think we I mean, I, I kind of. I'm hesitant to say that because I I've been eyeing Marvin Harrison Jr. for so long. Mm-hmm. But I I also think it's like we need defensive line help. Yeah, uh, especially on the edge. Like I think I've been seeing, um, was it Dallas Turner uh, from Alabama, and then also uh, Jared Verse, who I, I like from Florida State. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I I think either of those two players, you know, or you know, if there's some other emerging talent, great. But I think I've been eyeing on those specific two players uh, because we need difference makers on both sides of the ball, yeah. from quarterback to edge rusher. Because um, yeah, well, I think I think we're still like last in the league in sacks, so yeah, that's a big that's a big big uh, thing on the defensive side of the ball uh, that we that we need. So yeah, like having those two, and we see progress from the Houston Texans immediately by addressing both the quarterback position and the edge rusher position. Uh, this past draft, right, when they got Will Anderson and CJ Stroud, like just how impactful those two positions getting, you know, quality talent on in those positions does to your team. So, um, yeah, if the Bears, hey, we can take that playbook, you know, you know, say bye to Eberflus, uh, get the offensive coordinator from the Texans, I think I've been talking about. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, kind of, you know, replicate uh, kind of at least what they've, what we've seen from the Texans and their success so far. Yeah. So that's what, you know, maybe I would do, but yeah, uh, I, I just want to see a lot more from Justin Fields, I think at this point. So fair. yeah, got excited, got excited. Yeah. You know, those two games, but you know, yeah. and, and I've been fighting people tooth and nail about fields because <laughs> I feel like I saw it, you know, I saw 
his potential. And mm-hmm. I'm like, man, just, you, you know, you just need to make <laughs> some, some subtle improvements, definitely in the passing game, you know, be able to kind of lead your team. You got to see him like, you know, kind of lead his team to even some like hard fought wins. Sure. Like it's just not, it's not happening. Like we're in year three and we're still, you know, going to be possibly the top team on the board. Like that's just, you know, I know we have a crappy roster and like, it's going to be tough to, to get wins with a team like that, but it's like not even been close. It's been pretty, you know, pretty much a landslide in most of the games we've played. So mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty, you know, obviously extremely ugly. And for, you know, any bears fan out there, like, you know, you don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel really, you know, with yeah. this uh, current roadmap. So um, yeah, I think it's time to, you know, shake it up and, you know, make the most out of the capital coming our way. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. And, and, you know, that's just like one example. Maybe, maybe the Bears are like, hey, we don't believe in any quarterback. Like, I'm definitely much more like, I think sometimes we overhype the quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, to tell with it, let's just keep Justin Fields. Let's build as much talent. If, if he is not good enough, like, yeah, let's just see him, you know, uh, go bye bye after the season, you know, forget about whatever draft capital we can get, see if he can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe just get whatever free agent we can get and fill that in. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, what would you do next? Like a Kirk Cousins or something? I mean, I'm sure he'd be banking on one final contract here. I mean, if you were to completely bypass quarterback, you know, with whatever you could do, like maybe you yeah. see that the market's going to give you, you know, a first round pick for this year's draft and next year's draft, you give up the Caleb Williams selection or mm-hmm. yeah, they just give you a complete haul. Like, would you, would you be open-minded to seeing a guy like Kirk Cousins step in and, you know, carry the torch for three seasons or something with the bears? I totally would like yeah. kind of follow, you know, the, uh, all the teams that got Alex Smith in a way, mm-hmm. like, you know, he, he kind of is like the or Kirk Cousins kind of is like that Alex Smith. Like you see, you know, what he was able to do in both, like Kurt or Alex Smith. And this is kind of like a lot of props at Alex Smith in a way, but yeah, he definitely propped up or elevated enough, uh, I should say, of where the 49ers were, right? So they built a team around Alex Smith and they're like, you know what? That's enough. You know, we've been drafting uh, quarterbacks here and there, uh, you know, whether it be like a Colin Kaepernick or Brock Purdy or bringing people like a Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, oh, this person fits our system that we have. So they get the they get the head coach who has the offensive system in place and says, oh, okay, we have a we need a veteran quarterback that can nurture whatever young quarterback we draft and bring up, show him the way, show how to be a veteran, et cetera, et cetera. And then yeah, maybe, you know, year two, uh, let's just plug him in or you know, put in the young quarterback in there and see what he can do, let him rip. Um, I feel like that's a better instance in getting, you know, all the talented players around the quarterback. You know, it's like, yeah, you don't have to necessarily draft, I feel like, the number one overall quarterback, you know, obviously a talented quarterback, but we see the success that the 49ers have had with with Brock Purdy, Um, and, you know, for me, it's, you know, scheming, good offensive line, and, you know, talented enough wide receivers. I feel like those things are essential, so, in developing the confidence for the quarterback. So, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like a lot of these things about drafting, like, uh, quarterbacks first first round pick i feel like it's it's completely you know i don't know what the data says about it but yeah i feel like it's just completely overblown on on all the on all those fronts like yeah it's much more about getting a a head coach offensive scheming all that is much more important um than just saying like all right this quarterback 
is so talented or whatever and yeah you know heisman's etc etc so yeah yeah and no matter what i would love to see us churn as many of those picks as possible like we can just get multiple picks on multiple picks or yeah get a player or two and somebody's you know trade downs like yeah go for it man like it's strength in numbers we're yeah. a 53 man team and you know, you can clearly see we don't have twenty capable players on the roster. Yeah, like I've like <laughs> if 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 Arizona like if Ari- if Arizona says like you know yeah this Josh Dobbs experimental it's <laughs> definitely not happening and yeah. they they offer I, I think I I I believe they have like two potentially like top ten picks I forget who it's them and uh they have the Texans pick maybe I think that mm. that's who they had because they traded yes. yeah 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 so if they're able to get if if there's two top ten picks there and they're like yeah, we're going to give you these two top 10 picks or, you know, top 15 picks over for the number one pick. Like, you know, I would take done, that. Done. Done. Yeah, take that. Done. You get, you know, <laughs> uh, there's a there's a pretty good amount of offensive t- uh, line talent and defensive line talent. Um, some quarterbacks in there I think I saw too uh, that we can take, plug them in there. Like, these are day one starters, I feel like. So yeah. take those players in there, get a Kirk Cousins, uh, and, yeah, you know, see see what happens next year i think on that so like i feel like that's a much more of a recipe for success than hey caleb williams you're gonna be in a crappy you know yeah. team you know not the best offensive line we don't know if we have a head coach or whatever like i feel like that's just a better way yeah. to go about it but... we have this guy you can refer to his name is justin fields it's like <laughs> all about his experiences here and can help us uh, settle you in. right so, yeah i'm with you on that um yeah so that's that's the raiders and the bears this weekend um uh, <laughs> Moving on to our next one, we got the Falcons uh, going to Tampa to take on the Bucks. Oh, you know, man, these that NFC South—it's just like it's like a bloodbath. I feel like yeah. it's like who's number one. Like there, there's just so such a thin margin. I feel like between each of these teams, like they're all kind of flawed in their own right. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I got to go with the Bucks though. Like yeah. I, I, you know. There's just maybe just less question marks. I think is is the key thing there. Is that Tampa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tampa. That's I think that does it for me. I feel like Falcons at home, like they feel pretty good. I think being at home, right? Yeah. Um, but on the road, it it you know Ritter just feels like on the road. He's just like a different quarterback. I don't know what his QB ratings are, but I think I looked at like some of his games did not perform well at at on the road. So. And Tampa, you know, they still, like we keep on saying, like, he has, you know, they have a really talented defense. Uh, don't commit too many turnovers. They have enough playmakers, you know, pretty well-coached team there, I feel like. So, uh, yeah, I got to go with the Bucks there. Uh, yeah, being the Falcons, um, you know, still a big fan of, like, yeah, Bijan, whatever, you know, what they're able to do there. But being able to run the ball, I feel like, against that team, I feel like it's it's been hard. So yeah, I, I I think you know everybody's trying to make the Falcons one dimensional. Like Ritter, you beat us, like you beat us, and he's done. A, you know he had I think he's had like some two hundred like two hundred fifty yard games. So but at the same time, like I'll take that over like Bijan and Algier, like getting both getting hundred yards, right? So, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely gonna pick the Bucks here. Okay, definitely. Um, yeah, I I mean. The Falcons, for what it's worth, might have the better defense of the two teams, and I think Tampa does have a great defense. Uh, Falcons have been pretty stifling, um, you know, throughout this year. I think they're somewhere ranked in the top five currently um, in yardage allowed. Uh, I think Ritter Mayfield is kind of a wash. I know they're, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not 
buying into Mayfield being like a permanent option, solid option or anything like that. <laughs> I think he you know, is doing the best with this opportunity for right now. Um, Ritter, probably the same way. I mean, he's he's been really up and down and shaky week to week. Um, I just like Atlanta's weapons, I would say, more on the offensive end. I mean, the fact that they mm-hmm. you know, are now starting to incorporate London and Pitts back into the offense. They're not you know, focusing solely on Bijan Robinson to do like everything for them. Uh, they still do that good mix with Algier too, from, you know, from a rushing perspective. Um, yeah. I mean, and maybe this is the week they need to show out and actually start, you know, at least demonstrating they're capable of getting that road win. Maybe they'll be a little bit motivated to, to do that after dropping one, at, um, you know, against, uh, the commanders at home. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I didn't go into this season with any sort of like expectations for the bucks, uh, nor did I really have high expectations for the Falcons, but part of me thinks like these are the two best teams in the division. I, I mean, I, I feel like the saints, if we had a healthy Derek Carr, uh, and I knew what I could count on from him, I, I'd feel a little bit, you know, more compelled probably to stick with my saints pick, but just the way the Falcons have played this year, I mean, they're, they've definitely changed as a team. Like they've definitely changed their identity somewhat as a yeah. football team. The fact that they're actually bringing defense is something that, you know, wasn't really um, happening for many years in Atlanta. And they'd always kind of churn through those, you know, top wide receivers and, you know, really high offensive uh, draft picks and such. It just like never materialized in any sustainable winners. And, you know, it feels like they're on that, that first year of like building that sustainable winner uh, of sorts. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Clias Campbell signing, right. And Jesse Bates, like those, those two players, just those two players have like made such a big difference, Mm -hmm. right? Like, whether it's like culture, I'm sure they have have had some sort of culture shift there. Like, because yeah, I I don't think yeah the Falcons had enough young talent to to help them out. But you know those types of players, I feel like they elevate you know your team there. So, uh, yeah. So I I think you know Class Campbell, you know, I, I think he just had his what hundredth career sack, I believe. I think was what I saw. So you know, kind of kudos to him there, and uh, you know. Yeah, I I think he could potentially be a Hall of Famer in my in my opinion. Just what he was able to do there, you know, with uh with Arizona and then also you know with the Ravens. So, uh, but yeah, like that's that's a culture uh shifter there, you know. And he's like also he just so happens to be like six eight, you know, three hundred whatever pounds, like a, a big big human being. And um, so but yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like there's just so many. There's just a lot more question marks, I feel like, on that offense still. Even though they, they have shown progress with Pitts and with Drake London as well. Um, but yeah, uh still gotta believe in that Baker Mayfield a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Do you do you actually have belief in, in him or is it belief <laughs> in the Bucks having a good enough roster for him to kind of kind of manage or not be the you know, not not blow up the um kind of blow up the scene in his own way. Like, do you, do you actually have faith in him as a, as a long-term sustainable quarterback in the NFL? I mean, as, uh, as good as, uh, if I were to like compare him to like maybe a past quarterback that, how about Jared Goff? Do you Jared, think he could be the next Jared Goff in the way that Goff is kind of, well, that, that's the thing. Reimagining, you know, himself in a way. That's the thing is that Goff has a, a running, you know, a running game. Good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on say Brown, you know, and yeah, he's had good tight ends with Hawkinson and Laporta. So 
you know, again, building that team and roster around the quarterback, I think, is essential. So, and a, and a coaching scheming, you know, was it Ben Johnson, I think, the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. over there? Like, all those things have been essential to golf. So, and, you know, I, I think probably something similar to Baker Mayfield in a way. Um, you know, uh, do they have the offensive talent? Uh, maybe, I, I think running back, the, the running scheme, I think, has been very lackluster over there um so that that's like one thing there that you know i guess could improve uh but you know he had all the talent i felt like right in cleveland Mm -hmm. uh had the wide receivers had the offensive line had the running backs but i think you know maybe uh just uh the mental games with everybody was playing there um you know through a bunch of interceptions i think you know that were just timely Mm -hmm. uh for for them to lose so those are things that yeah uh I think for sure we're on him. So, but honestly, if I if I take Baker Mayfield and put him in Desmond Ritter's position, I feel like Falcons are a better team. Okay. So, but yeah, I don't know. But you're I, comparing him to Desmond Ritter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if, if if he can be like yeah. I don't know, like a Brad Johnson, right, or some yeah. sort. That's something all, like that's that. Tall ask. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, Brandon Johnson has a really I mean, good game. Yeah, but he also had like some Hall of Fame wide receivers too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, like he definitely is a. I feel like a player that he needs the talent around him. He needs the talent around him. Good scheming, just like any quarterback. But he, out of all people, needs them more so of. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I don't think he's. Maybe he's. Maybe he's like top twenty-five. I would say. But again, when you have that roster around them, yeah, you're you're gonna get your numbers and everything. So don't screw it up more so of. Yeah, I I just feel like he's a very replaceable option. Uh, he reminds me of like an Andy Dalton type, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe his upside is being like a superb backup quarterback. Like if he is, you know, uh, at the helm, starting as a quarterback, he's probably gonna do that. At least in my opinion, for like a bottom ten you know, type of team, type sure. of franchise and stuff. Like, is he, is he a good bridge guy to your, you know, young uh, prospect quarterback, perhaps if you just need a year of, you know, semi-stability, maybe you go there. I just feel like he's had a lot mm-hmm. of opportunities so far to prove himself. Like yeah. he, he had that whole Cleveland run. They did supply him with a, you know, a great running game and an offensive line and some weapons on the outside. And it just, it just kind of went nowhere. Um, you know, Carolina, so like he had another crack at, you know, auditioning there and, you know, obviously had like DJ Moore and, you know, um, you know, others. And then he went to LA and, you know, had a pretty decent stretch to end the year, which is probably why he's got this right, you right. Know, spot right now. So I'm interested in seeing what, you know, he can do, you know, maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe he's a, you know, every year starter for the rest of his like, <laughs> you know, prime, I guess, as a quarterback, but um, early on, he lacked a lot of maturity for me. Like, I just felt like he wasn't, um, you know, taking the role as serious or, or, you know, probably thought he was a lot better than he truly is and thought he could fall back on that. But mm-hmm. I can see he's like more determined now. Um, I'm yeah. just wondering if the talent's actually there. Yeah. Yeah. No, to your point, like his attitude, I feel like is very much like, he, you know, I, I see him again, the locker room is everything, you know, not all the time. Right. But like at least from the uh, the highlights, right? The Instagrams or, or the YouTube's, like, yeah, he's having a good time with his his teammates. He's he's being that you know that veteran presence to whatever young wide receivers are there, or just just the whole group there. So I feel like that's what you need out of him. Like that's honestly his strength because 
yeah, from everything I've seen also from Oklahoma, like that's kind of how he was. And mm-hmm. he, he just needs to kind of like own to that. Yeah. Um, take that ownership. Uh, you know, he's, he's not even 30, right? I think he's like 27, maybe 28, something like yeah. that. So, you know, still has like some room to grow there, but at the same time, like, yeah, he's had opportunities left and right. You know, he's kind of almost entering, uh, I think a little bit better than Sam Bradford, a little bit. And then Sam Bradford had like that good stint, I think in Philly too. So mm-hmm. it's like, man, you, you've had so many opportunities. Like you just got to, you know, take whatever it is you can do here in the, with the Bucks. Uh, but yeah, against a good, talented like Falcons team, uh, it'll be tough for sure. But you know, I think there's enough around them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like is where the Bucks like I think they stand a little bit more on. No. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, can Mayfield you know be the guy? Can he can he kind of <laughs> string it together here? I feel like my last point on Mayfield is like he needs to excel in all those intangible categories yeah. as a, as a you know quarterback of his size and stature like if you're coming into this league and you have the athletic ability of an Anthony Richardson or the arm of a Justin Herbert I feel like you can uh you know maybe feel a little bit more confident about yourself or maybe have a little bit more kind of swagger maybe like let down in some of those other categories a little bit mm-hmm. but if you're you know a guy of you know Mayfield size stature if you're Bryce Young out there if you're Somebody else, like, you need to nail every, every other mm-hmm. thing, effort, energy, leadership. Like, you need to be all that and more if you're, yeah. you know, seriously coming at a, like, a uh, maybe a little bit of a disadvantage on all those other, like, physical characteristics. Yeah, yeah, you can't be Eli Manning. Like, yeah. you honestly can't. Like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, no offense. To, well, a little bit of offense to Eli Manning. But, yeah, like, Eli Manning had the pedigree. You know, he's, like, what, 6'3", 230, whatever, too. So, like, you know, good size. But, yeah. You know, not the most vocal leader. Uh, did win, did have his clutch moments, and did all that. But yeah, like he, he, you know, uh, you put him into that situation, or you shrink him down a little bit. <laughs> you know, not give him that arm talent or the pedigree and everything. Uh, yeah, like he, he definitely would not be in the, in the NFL for that long. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bad, bad vibes just don't lead to winning. You know, like take a Zach Wilson, take, you know, other guys with like questionable attitudes and stuff. And like, yeah, as a quarterback, that just doesn't, that doesn't translate into W's. Yeah. And you see like, yeah, you know, not, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, obviously like mm-hmm. he was definitely like, you see him, you saw him early on when he was with the Patriots. And then now I see him like doing like speeches, like motivational speaking now. Yeah. And he definitely owned it. Like he owned his entire career and is like, yeah. Oh, Drew Bledsoe, former number one overall pick and everything. You know, he went he went down. I was not going to give that that job away again. So right, like that attitude uh, was just tenacious. So yeah, I think that's all essential. I think to you know having a, a winning culture and obviously yeah, good quarterback play for sure. No. Next one up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road to take on the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Oh man, you know these two teams, like they're they're battlers. I would say they definitely have their flaws. Um, you know, Steelers, that offense, you know, Canada, like <laughs> he's still there, I think, right? I don't think I've seen the trend on Twitter yet. Uh you know, fire Canada, like be like, okay, it's finally done. So uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks there, but you know, I think this game is yeah, it's in LA. Ah uh, man, you know, sorry, Steelers. Uh you, you know, again, I I always bring up the the Mike Tomlin you know, 80% against the spread 
as an underdog at home. This is not the case. So got to go with the Rams here. Uh, you know, in LA, uh, defense is you know playing well. Offense is getting the groove on. You know, with both uh, Puka and then also Cooper Cup there. Uh, you know, both healthy. I I know they don't have Kyron, but honestly, like they can put whomever there with those two wideouts and uh, you know someone healthy Stafford. Right? I feel like that that should be enough offense to get some points on, even against like a tough Steelers team here. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. Rams. I think the Rams are favored by three, I believe here. Um, yeah, favored by three and yeah, being able to get uh, a home run here. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I see it the same way. I mean, I think Kyron Williams adds, um, you know, obviously, you know, just a stable option behind center as a rusher, like really having a great year so far, even, you know, as a, you know, option, the passing game too, but like you're saying, I mean, they will be probably trotting out a, you know, Zach Evans, like a six rounder uh, running back. Like, I don't, I don't know if it, like, if they just go shotgun all game and just play pitch and catch uh, with Stafford and those options, like he should be pretty good. I mean, I feel like good enough to, you know, get over the Steelers. They've obviously given up, you know, a lot on the ground in the air as a defense. Um, I think there are a lot of, you know, big names on, on their side of the ball, uh, at least Pittsburgh for, you know, obviously defense, but it's like, it's just not, gelling all together it's not mm -hmm. containing other teams and and kind of what they're able to exploit and take advantage of and uh you know la's had a really good year i think you know the record doesn't necessarily show what i think they brought to the table this year i think they're playing pretty confident football um you know this is a very winnable game for them we're still not really sure like what what kenny pickett is and what he can be uh in this yeah. league um i don't love the way that their offense is really kind of melded together. I mean, I feel like they might get Fryer Muth back. Uh, I think we we're talking about Deontay Johnson coming back yeah. uh, potentially this week. So um, I think there'll be a lot of learning for the Steelers. I mean, I, again, like with Jonathan Taylor and other players that have to be kind of reintegrated back into their offenses, Eckler as well. It's like hard to know what you're going to get in the first week back from a longer absence. So um, given all that, I think LA cruises, um, you know, beats them, beats them in a, in a, you know, did you mention the spread so it's far? Three, three for uh, the Rams. Yeah, I'd give the Rams. Uh, I think they'll go over on that spread. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe a score a little bit under or something like that. But I think they get above three points. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you're right about Tomlin. Love him as a coach, but yeah, I think they're they're uh, maybe going to struggle in this one a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Tomlin's a great coach, but it's like I think that they need that home factor, the coaching, and that home factor. I feel like that just elevates them, and you know. Uh, yeah, like in Pittsburgh, like that crowd is tenacious, and that defense, I think they just elevate themselves. They, mm -hmm. you know, if if this game was in Pittsburgh, right, like I'm definitely going to Pittsburgh for sure. Uh, you know, I I'm like, yeah, Stafford's gonna throw an interception, <laughs> like with mm -hmm. T.J. Watt, like getting after him. He's like, oh my god, I'm just gonna chuck it over there, and then you know, make it for Patrick or whomever will jump that route. Like that's gonna happen. I feel like if if this were in Pittsburgh, but maybe less so, you know, in L.A. So. But yeah, uh, you know, to your point, like I feel like yeah, Stafford's gonna be he's gonna make enough plays, I think, with the wide receiver group, and then yeah, uh, this offense just has so many questions for the P Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like it's just, uh, yeah, that something's they're they might caught you know get a turnover here and there, but yeah, their their offense has just not been the best. Uh, but we'll see what happens, you know, with uh, Fairmuth and Deontay Johnson now back. So yeah, maybe maybe 
a good sign of things to come for the weeks yeah. after this one. Um, but I think we're both yeah. pretty much in agreement on this one. Um, Arizona Cardinals going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Oh, man, you know, uh, maybe it was like a couple weeks ago. I'd be like, you know, this this Cardinals team, right? But I think, yeah, they're they're very much. Uh, uh, I I feel like the Seahawks are definitely a, a different level than them, and you know, in Seattle, right? Uh, you got to go with the Seahawks here. I feel like so Cardinals. You know, we had we had a good time, but I definitely don't think see them winning too many more games after this, and especially against I feel like a team like Seattle in. Seattle as well. Uh, that's going to be just such a tough, uh, you know, road win there. So yeah, Cardinals. Uh, you know, have they're a re- they're a really well coached team, but they just don't have the talent at this point. So uh, Seattle, though, yeah, they they have enough explosive weapons, I think, to score and then also create some maybe some turnovers there on the, on the defensive side. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I don't put a lot of stock in the Cardinals <laughs> as it is, but yeah. Just the fact that they don't have any running game to speak to with Dobbs, um, mm-hmm. you know, some undersized weapons on the outside. They're more or less, you know, kind of your your X receivers, your, you know, slant or quick screen kind of options. It's just it's a very uh, short distance type of offense and yeah. just not enough explosiveness there to really get excited about. We saw what Seattle did. At least a couple weeks ago against uh, New York and just being, you know, absolutely suffocating, you know, creating turnovers, things like that. Yeah. I, I imagine a lot of that will happen in this game, too. Um, they came up short against the Bengals a little bit, but same mm-hmm. sense, like that's a formidable opponent. I think the Bengals are obviously on the fast track to getting on, you know, the right page again as a team. But yeah, man, what's not, you know, to like about Seattle um, on both sides of the ball? I think they're. Yeah, clearly a playoff team. Um, this is, I think, just a just a quick victory. Uh, kind of a kind of close the book discussion after yeah. you know this week with them and kind of going up against Arizona. Did you mention the spread for this one? Seven and a half uh, in favor of Seattle. Uh, I'm going over on that. Yeah, so yeah, like ten points at least. Yeah, I think it's gonna be like twenty six or something like that to like maybe like I don't know maybe nine or ten or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So no, I, I'm comfortable with that and. Uh, just move on to the next one. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll go uh, Green Bay Packers going to the Denver Broncos. Man, you know, I'm going to go to the Broncos here. <laughs> Take that, Packers fans. All right, all right. Cool, cool. All right. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. Contrarian. Yeah, you know, Russell Wilson. I mean, you know, I think the Packers looks like they're favored on the road by one point. So it's not nothing too crazy there, right? Uh, I just, I, I think Aaron Jones, he's, I think he's a, uh, he's likely to play, I believe. I think they've seen him like practicing, so something to keep an eye on. But, but without Aaron Jones, this offense has just looked terrible. I feel like you know Jordan Love has not looked good at all. Um, you know, he's turned over the ball several times. You know, didn't have a good game against the Raiders there, and yeah, I just feel like you know even against this Broncos team, like this Broncos defense has been atrocious. Uh, they just hate each other. <laughs> like, I don't think this team has zero chemistry. They don't have any chemistry whatsoever. I think people have been saying this is like Sean Payton's worst coaching ever, you know? So it's it just has not been a good season. But at the same time, I feel like, yeah, I think they could beat the Packers at home. Yeah. You know, Russell Wilson, he's had his ups and downs, I think, this season. But, you know, uh, I think he'll be able to get enough points, uh, you know, with that offense to beat the Packers, whose offense has been, 
you know, fairly anemic this past couple of weeks. So, yeah, even against, again, like a pretty damn bad uh, defense for the, the Broncos, uh, you know, they still have enough playmakers, I think, to make plays. Uh, but, you know, if Aaron Jones is there and you know, him mixing, mixing him up with A.J. Dillon, you know, that could be something, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm not going to have it. Go Broncos. Uh, I think they'll take this one. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's not a lot about the Broncos this season that gives me any sort of confidence. Um, man, the fact that they beat the Bears is pretty funny. <laughs> kind of watching out, you know, some of these other oh, games. The fact man. they came back in that Terrible. one and showed a, you know, such resolve and everything like that. It's kind of crazy now. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not super bullish on the Packers and kind of their outlook for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um there just seems to be clear dysfunction in Denver. I feel like at some point they're probably going to trade Jerry Judy. Looks like they've like started to listen in on offers and things. And you know, I think for for the Broncos, they need to kind of shake up the culture. Uh, whatever yeah. you know, players are carried over from last year's, you know, uh, you know, horde roster. It's like I feel like these issues are just compounding themselves. It's becoming a kind of a joke, kind of a sideshow. So uh yeah, Peyton hasn't right you know, righted this ship, neither is Russell Wilson. So it's like what's next? You know, like yeah. I, I think at this point you gotta make some trades, you gotta start, you know, uh elevating new players to start in new positions, like give give Marvin Mims some more looks from the outside. You know, if Javante is inconsistent at all injured, you know, maybe we're you know incorporating a little bit more Jaleel McLaughlin into the offense, something like that, but yeah, I mean, the fact that they, like, went out and signed McGlinchey to that big contract and it's really right. amounted to, like, nothing. And, you know, his defense is, you know, at the bottom of the league in terms of, yeah. you know, just just yardage, everything else. It's, 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 becoming, it's becoming kind of a joke. And I just think effort isn't there whatsoever. I think the Packers still care. I think, you know, I think there's a certain level of upside that that team's going to have this year. Like, 500 ball would probably be... Mm-hmm a hell of an outcome for them this year and like year one of Jordan love. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they, I think they go on the road. I think they play good enough football to get a W and I'll just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, McLaughlin, they, he ought to get the ball like all the time. Yeah. He plays amazing. Yeah. You know, like, Maybe yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Wasn't he like, uh, like, was it the NCAA's like all time rushing leader or something like that? Like you would know. I don't know. I don't, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he just picks it up. But yeah, he looks great out there. Like they just need to give him the ball more, I feel like, and have him as like the other featured back or something. Cause yeah, like he doesn't get as much touch as I think that he deserves. So mm-hmm. uh and honestly that that could cure everything for them. <laughs> like you know, but maybe not maybe not on the defensive side of the ball. I think they've been like getting rid of players too. So yeah. Uh but yeah. They've been operating with caution with Javante, so it's like yeah. I think Javante did great with the you know touches that he got, but if he's you know recovering from multiple ligament you know tears last year in his knee, it's like I I wouldn't, especially in a year like this, I just wouldn't hurt his career or you know diminish his chances of having a better season next year. Sure. If you could just ease him back into you know play more consistently, but sure. yeah, his team is completely broken. Um, don't know what to expect out of a lot of these guys. Uh, Cortland Sutton is. Kind of an afterthought. If honestly, if I was them, you know, they've already depleted all their draft capital from that trade with the Seahawks. Yeah. Where it's time to kind of go back out on that market and try to recoup like some of your losses. And right, you know, what what do you do in this Russell Wilson experience? I mean, you you got to kind of sit in it and take 
take the bullets and I don't know if maybe Sean Payton resigns uh after this season if it's really that uh that bad. But yeah, I mean nothing that he's doing is working either. So I mean, could you imagine though? It's like two head coaches with the same quarterback, uh, you know, either firing either being fired or resigning, you know, back to back years, right? Yeah. Like, unprecedented. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. for a guy who's like tied to Russell Wilson, who yeah. should be more you know reliable exactly but it's like yeah like this deserves it i feel like in a way like yeah you know the things he said uh the locker room feel it, it seems like is completely de- depleted and i'm you know you know we're not in denver but we feel it over here like yeah you know t- you know talk radio is talking about like this is terrible like what's happening so yeah yeah i feel like this uh, just basically warrants like sean Payton to to go so, yeah. yeah i mean what he just hasn't seemed like happy or positive even like from the get-go with this role so it's yeah. like you kind of question like why did you even take this job and yeah i mean now that we sit here we kind of think about it it's like we had this whole conversation a couple weeks ago about belichick and brady uh-huh. probably be talking about breeze payton like at this point uh you look around the league at like top coaches i mean <laughs> you got i mean maybe if a coach is you know wedded to a Hall of Fame quarterback, like right. you really have to critically think about how good of a coach this person is. Yeah. Versus maybe a coach that plays with lesser parts or, you know, is able to set, you know, assemble a great defense or, yeah. you know, great team offense around a, you know, middle, you know, middling to, you know, mm-hmm. average quarterback and you get the most out of everybody. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at a Tomlin, you look at McVeigh and Shanahan, all those guys, and it's like, yeah, like maybe those guys are truly some of the greatest co- you know coaches in the league right now. Yeah, yeah, I think them and then no for sure them and then yeah, also uh you know what we've seen with Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan like both of those head coaches have had multiple quarterbacks, right? Like we all remember when Andy Reid had uh was like AJ Feely, you know, when like Don McNabb was hurt, right? Like being able to bring in a backup quarterback and design a game plan around that quarterback's strengths, right? It's like, okay, A.G. Philly, he doesn't have like a rocket arm, so we're going to do screens here and there, and that'll be enough for us to defeat this team as long as he doesn't make mistakes, right? Like, things like that, like, that produces a winning team, winning culture. Um, and, yeah, uh, you know, so I think to your, you know, bring it back to, like, Peyton and Breeze, yeah, he Peyton really hasn't done much, you know, with or nothing at all, right, without Breeze, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then Belichick. You know, we're kind of sensing that same thing. You know, I think they did have that one playoff victory or playoff uh, appearance with Mac Jones, but, you know, so did Matt Nagy. Like, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut every so often. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I think that's where you definitely see good coaching kind of uh, rise when you don't have the most talents around you. You don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback, right, uh, at your disposal there. So, gotcha. Yeah. On to our next one, the Sunday night game, we have the Miami Dolphins going on the road to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be fun. But, you know, I this kind of has, in my opinion, like a similar, I guess, like vibe as that uh, Dolphins versus Bills game yeah. in a way. Yeah. Like, kind of like that. And, you know, like, yeah, Eagles, not the greatest loss really, that you had there. Uh, and I think they're going to come out angry as hell. Uh, you know, it is part of the Philly culture and, you know, uh, the Dolphins, when they went against the, right, the Bills, it's like, yeah, you know, a good defensive game plan that, that can definitely stifle what they're doing over there, uh, with Miami 
And I think they have enough uh, defensive line help, you know, to get some pressure on Tua. And, you know, so Tyreek Hill isn't able to just, like, do a fly around and beat whomever because that's what he does, right? So things like that. I think they'll be able to do, and they have a great, the Eagles have a really great secondary as well. So all those things, I think, come into play uh, here, you know, angry and the talent to stifle them on the defensive end. You know, A-Chain was around, that that could be something just because you know, he's explosive and having, you know, him and Moster too, and, you know, uh, being able to run the ball there effectively, that could be something. But, you know, if A-Chain, you know, he's out and that's just could be Moster. Uh yeah, I, I just feel like you're not having like the dual threat or, or dual uh quarter or running backs there. Uh I think that that kind of step is them a little bit. And yeah, I don't know. Also Jalen Hurts, I think he's he hasn't had the best year, right? You know, I think a lot of people are talking about him maybe being an MVP at least this year and I don't know, this kind of goes to show like, you know, a lot of the scheme I think like that Shane Sykin kind of brought, you know, has affected his play a little bit and hasn't a little you know replicated his success last year mm. um so yeah i don't know i feel like yeah i'm gonna go with the eagles here uh gonna go with the eagles uh i think they'll pull out the victory um could definitely check on the spread but you know uh it's it's one of those things that i feel like if you're the dolphins you go against a kind of a complete team they just don't match up that well with them um you know being able to not have tyreek beat you so badly he does uh, it almost feels like on a regular basis, like having those elite level uh, teams, good coaching, good scheming, right, can uh, kind of mitigate any type of effect that Terry Kills has on you. So, yeah, going to pick uh, the Eagles here. Okay. Yeah, first off, I love Jalen Hurts. Uh, I know he's been <laughs> like not your statistical darling and his, yeah. his year doesn't look as flashy as it did last year. I feel like this guy still wins. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the stat from maybe a week ago or so, but it was like, I think he's like 20, 21 out of his last 23 in terms of, you know, uh, just, just wins overall wins, sure. getting his team into those positions to, to get the W's. I mean, the tush push is like <laughs> the ultimate, uh, you know, game breaker, uh, you know, it's kind of a cheat code, but, um, you know, he's the only guy who can do it. He's the only guy who can perfect it and like do it really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a revenge game for Philly after a tough loss last week. I think we were kind of predicting that going into New York against the Jets would be a tough one. Um, you know, the fact that they dropped the game was was you know not not entirely surprising, especially with all the other undefeated teams going down uh, last week. But um, yeah, I like this for them to go home. Uh, you know, still playing tough football against Miami. Like you said, I, I kind of agree. Miami's had one of the best rushing threats as a team in recent NFL history up to this point. I mean, Mostert's average yards per carry is like one of the highest marks. I think I saw since like Bo Jackson or something yeah. on Sunday. So um, for that to be the case, is just ridiculous at 31 years old. But, you know, like you're saying with A-Chan out, uh, trying to reincorporate Jeff Wilson back into that offense, we'll see. Um, you know, Eagles have one of the best rushing defenses in the league. That's definitely going to be a huge uh, obstacle for Miami to overcome. Yeah. You know, you love the outside weapons with Waddle now, you know, looking a lot more healthy and Hill being Hill. Um, two is playing great. So that's another boon for them. But um, yeah, this is another one of those games where 
Miami, I feel like is going to take this loss, but it's not going to, it's not going to upend their year. It's not going to change the direction of their team. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, we'll see what happens once we get to like playoff time with like what Miami has, you know, been establishing, but they're, they're, they're men, you know, they have some men down and in the same sense, like, I think they'll learn from these types of losses from teams that have been there and done it. And, you know, they'll bounce back and definitely be a threat when we get to uh, playoff time. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I feel like the Dolphins, you know, a couple of things is like, all right, a health, a full healthy season of Tua, right, I think would be essential. And then I know there's also this talk of like Tyreek wanting to retire and like be a porn star too or something like that <laughs> as well. Like all that, like, okay, you know, maybe don't retire too soon. Like, you know, uh, that'd be nice for them, but I think yeah, they they do need like those defensive X factors a little bit. I think that's kind of what they need, you know, because yeah, you, you go against teams like uh, you know the Forty ers like you know a team like the Bills. They have top level defense, and now they brought you know Vic Fangio and everything. Then some defensive talent here and there, but they're not at that level whatsoever. So I think that's the biggest difference. And yeah, uh, if they can replicate any type of success that they have on the offensive side. To the defensive side, that'd be nuts. But yeah, they just don't have that. And yeah, against good teams, yeah, you're not going to get as you know those explosive plays. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think we're in agreement here. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly going over, and uh, kind of moving on to our next one. So then on Monday, final game of the Week Seven slate, we got the San Francisco 49ers going into Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, man, you know. Minnesota, yeah, they always bring it. That's the thing, right? <laughs> they always bring it. So they're just like that annoying, like, I don't know, little brother or something like that. It's like <laughs> they could surprise you here and there, but, man, they're so annoying. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I, definitely going to pick the 49ers. Again, mm-hmm. kind of a revenge game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I think they, they probably won't make it close. I think they're, yeah, they're going to be out for blood. Uh, gonna play angry and kind of use this as a showcase. Like, hey, that was that was a fluke. Let's be honest, that was a fluke. Let's let's take care of business against this Vikings team. You know who? Yeah, we've seen some bright spots and all that. And you know, yeah, they played pretty well. You know, against against the Bears, albeit right without Justin Jefferson, right. So it's like, okay, we we kind of got that done. Now let's see if we can go against like a top level team like the Forty ers and yeah. you know. Uh, elevate our, our performance there so but no nah, i mean gotta pick uh the 49ers i think yeah the the run right. defense yeah i think the run defense from the vikings you know was pretty good yeah at least you know, again against the bears that's always something i think to be concerned about and then yeah especially against the 49ers you know i think there's been some questions like oh is mccaffrey gonna be hurt maybe this this week that's something to keep an eye on but even without that like i think they have enough talent and you know Kyle Shanahan, he knows how to get like 100 yards out of anybody. So mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, they'll be fine there. And, you know, Brock Purdy is going to be Brock Purdy. Um, you know, yeah, he suffered his first career loss, you a big whoop or whatever. But yeah, get it out of the way now. You know, let's kill this team. I feel like that's their mentality now. So it's crazy that his first <laughs> NFL loss was last week. Uh, yeah, before his, before his 13th birthday, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, at this point. Um, no, you're right. I think if uh, Justin Jefferson was on the Vikings, I, I might have like a kind of an upset type special on this one, especially if CMC wasn't playing. But yeah. the fact that, uh, you know, 
I don't know. Justin's out. It's a completely different team. They have, you know, not as much offense to rely on there. I mean, right. Jordan Addison or Hawkinson is really your one and kind of, you know, just, just trying to figure out how to kind of cobble together some offense. I mean, against the Bears even, they didn't really put together a performance, which they totally were capable of. And yeah. Against the Niners, it's a completely different ball game, uh, especially, you know, going up against their defense, which is just going to be stifling for Cousins and, yeah, like you're saying, like whether it's Jordan Mason, um, I don't know if Elijah Mitchell is available or something like that, but mm-hmm. those guys are totally capable of carrying the the rushing load if you've got obviously all the other weapons uh you know there and healthy. So um mm-hmm. I think it was seven points on the spread uh, <laughs> going toward the Niners. I think that's fair. I think they get that or more. Um and yeah. it'll be a pretty uh I think not very entertaining Monday night game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I... And this, that's the thing. I, I feel like, I feel like it'll be over just because, like, yeah, I, I feel like Justin Jefferson just he was always that X factor to keep those games close, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you need a first down. Let's go to Justin Jefferson, move the ball, keep the clock going, right? And without that X factor, you know, especially against a really good team like the 49ers, I think, yeah, they're 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 gonna struggle uh, on that just staying on the field up there. So, um, yeah, I I just feel like 49ers they're gonna blow it out. Yeah, uh, Vikings. You know, yeah, they only scored no at nineteen points against the Bears <laughs> defense there, and yeah, you know, again, if Justin Jefferson there, like that's probably not, like another touchdown. So, yeah. like, yeah, just not having there, I think, is essential uh, to beat this you know really talented team. So, yeah, sorry, uh, Vikings fans, but man, this is going to be a bloodbath. I feel like, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing else to add. That's uh, week seven in the books. You know, full rundown here. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed some of the you know, insights uh, around the games, and then the you know the game picks themselves in this recap here. You know, give us a like, a subscribe. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed the format for this week with Wayne. You know, in <laughs> in the DC area. Um, and with that, we'll just kind of kick it off with some final thoughts. Uh, Wayne, why don't why don't you you know go ahead? Yeah. Um. You know, you you, you took me to uh, Union Market and everything. Had some. You know, uh, good bread pudding. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was like a, it was from Puddin, and they, it was a nice like they have like a signature. Uh, was it like brown? Uh, it was a a buttered brown. I forget what exactly. Brown sugar buttered. Uh, something else pudding, and mm-hmm. it was it was it was good. It was good. You know, it had like a little cinnamon and everything warm like having it nice and warm i think is beautiful so um yeah i don't know curious pat do you like pudding do you <laughs> what, what what kind of southern or maybe i should back up yeah what kind of like southern like uh dessert type of comfort food maybe do you like yeah whether it be pudding or or something else yeah man i well i feel like for pudding number one uh especially when you talk about southern yeah. cuisine too like banana pudding is normally at mm. most southern you know barbecue buffets that i've been at um yeah you know, get obviously the banana pudding with vanilla wafers at times it's a uh, graham cracker crumbles in there something like that but you know really mild flavors i love you know banana bread and things like that kind of gives you that that same type of vibe um yeah I'm, I'm good with pudding uh in general overall i think for southern cuisine too like pecan pie mm. um always great i think we've talked about that and like, yeah. caps and things but at least around here, um, there's a place that does a chocolate um, pecan pie. Mm. So it's kind of has like 
this brownie quality to it where it's like yeah. part brownie part pecan pie but it's it's amazing and like i think mm-hmm. it's just a ton of uh chocolate chips maybe some you know, um swirl inside of it or something like that but man if we could if we had just a little bit more time to make that trip i'd <laughs> you know have you you know try out this pie it's it's, it's awesome but yeah man no i i had a couple bites of that uh you know that that pudding dessert that you had um you know obviously you know, yesterday, I guess for this, for this matter or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely different. It's a, it's a heavier type of dessert. So yeah, you know, I think you got it like in a, almost like a pint uh, type <laughs> container and it's like, you definitely can't sit there and, you know, pound it all down. If you do, you're probably going to feel right. you know, pretty, pretty heavy and stuff like that. But yeah, obviously flavor, it was a flavor explosion, um, brown sugar, the butter you could taste, um, kind of like that thick cut almost like thick cut like challah or french bread or something like that inside right. too so uh they definitely came with like the right ingredients and uh yeah man got good ratings for 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 good reason yeah yeah i know i liked it and yeah I, you know put on my instagram and the, they respond to me and oh did they yeah, yeah they're so nice about it oh, that's cool i mean obviously it's like yeah you know i liked it <laughs> thanks a lot for you know feeding me like you know it's your job right but <laughs> No, yeah, like it was nice, and uh, yeah, no, it seems like it's a, um, seems like they have a good following. I think they have like ten thousand, also like Instagram, uh, you know, followers too, uh, and yeah, no, really friendly uh, service. I think they had there as well. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out. You know, uh, they they have a location at Union Market, but I think there's locations elsewhere as well. So, yeah, Union Market was really cool. Just like you know, I I just like markets in general. I feel yeah. like uh, you know. Having lived in like yeah Seattle, obviously you get the the Pike Place Market, but yeah, there's you know any type of place where you can just go experience different like local cuisines. Um, you know, I I think that's just like a beautiful thing just to have there. So yeah, yeah. no, I just really enjoyed that experience there at Uni Market. No, definitely. Um, yeah, it was awesome having you here. Just in terms of obviously getting to do a lot of things we enjoy doing, watching sports, eating food. Yeah, doing a little bit of touring, understanding the culture of, you know, the city and stuff like that. Um, Tonight we had Hot Lola for dinner. Um, Obviously, it's uh, Korean and Nashville Hot Fusion, you know, fried chicken with Texas toast. Mm -hmm. Get waffle fries if you want. They get, you know, give you thick cut pickles on the side too. So um, for me, it's like my most craveable dish. Uh, I feel like, yeah, it's one of my like... Uh, would be on my short list of things I would eat before I die if I had the option to <laughs> to make that happen if I knew that day was coming uh, or what have you. But I guess my question for you is, you know, you've 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 tried out a lot of things this weekend. Um, you know, of the places that we tried or of the foods that you had, what would you say, you know, really stood out to you? Would be like the first thing you recommend uh, of the things you tried. Hmm, that's a good question. Um. I mean, I really do. Yeah, your the fried chicken was really good. That was really good. Like you had the crisp, the it had the good amount of spice and flavor. Like you know, we were talking about this before about sometimes when it's too spicy, like you can't taste things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and you know, part of it is the fun, right? That is part. That is kind of fun. Like <laughs> just dying, right? <laughs> so and sweating and crying and you know, not necessarily in that order, but you know. So sometimes that is good, but I I think it 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 had that great balance. Uh, I think I had it like uh like the the second like two out of five right in terms of the hotness or, or spiciness levels. So 
that was good. I know there was that get lit uh, a level, which you know maybe next time I'll try that. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty funny. So which that was like the four four highest there. So but yeah, that was really good. That honestly was really good. Um, I definitely liked uh, Call Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I get the hype uh, for sure. Like I know there's more locations, etc. But yeah, in terms of like having like a nice bagel type of sandwich, right? Like it hits the spot. It hits the mm-hmm. spot. You know, um, so yeah, it was really delicious. I think just having all those things, you know, within a bagel and everything, and you know, yeah, I've been to New York; they have awesome bagels too. But yeah, this this definitely, you know, I can see why. You know, a lot of people probably from New York in the DC area, yeah, they want a good big vacation. <laughs> they probably, you know, uh, go to some place like and call call your bagel. I feel like so. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like that. Um, trying to think if I had anything else, but oh yeah, I mean also just. We went to Wegmans too. That was, <laughs> yeah, you know, got yeah, yeah, got a poke bowl, right? Like uh, a nice, like hot and spicy ahi tuna. Like I don't know, something like that was actually pretty nice. Uh, you know, for me, like it, it be it beat the two for twenty deal at Mariano's for poke. Okay, like, definitely kicked, you know, annihilated it out of the ballpark <laughs> there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely some good highlights. I think. In all those spots, um, and then uh, yeah, there was also like a nice bar that me and a couple friends went to uh, after some Korean barbecue. Uh, Barcada um, up in Shaw, you know, mm-hmm. it had some. Uh, it was like a wine bar, but we had some nice cocktails uh, there. It was you know it was pretty cool because it was just me and my couple of friends with the bartender, and that's all that was in the bar. <laughs> so we were just kicking back, you know, talking with talking with them, uh, the bartender there. I uh, had some like nice uh like Filipino fusion type of cocktails. Had a little bit a little bit of like calamasi, which is like a like a mix between like a lemon and a lime, uh, and then a tequila, and then also uh, I think there was yeah some honey in there as well. And uh, it was just a great combination cocktail. Yeah. Um, had a good time there, so definitely check that out. You know, if you're in DC area, up there in Shaw. So I think yeah, those are probably some of the highlights overall. But yeah, no, it was a. Uh, Great, uh, yeah. Thank you for hosting and everything. Here. Yeah, no, it was awesome and it was fun to like <laughs> get back in the city. Um, yeah, get to go to some of the neighborhoods I enjoyed, like going to when I was a resident here. Uh, definitely love the Navy Yard. If you guys ever travel to DC, mm-hmm. the Navy Yard is where the National Park uh, is located. But they've just created so much buzz around you know the park itself with you know, modernizing and developing in that, you know, part of town, obviously like tons of gentrification has taken place and things, yeah. which is not, you know, the nicest uh, of outcomes there. But if you are, you know, touring and you want to go somewhere with some great food and, um, you know, just entertainment things like there's just so much to go and see and do Uh union market. The same is kind of probably the initial phases of developing a bit. Like we went to union market and there were other like surrounding restaurants. Like we tried, shook burger mm. which if you guys i should say it's called shook and then the shook burger is actually you know the item that hits all the the you know the newspapers and columns and things like that for yeah. food but you know wayne and i both tried that and uh i've had shook you know one time or two times i should say in the past and uh you know completely vegan pita um you know it's great veggie burger mix that they put together i think it's got um you know garbanzo beans it's got black beans it's got tons of herbs and spices and stuff and then you know tahini and whatever 
you know, ingredients, veggies you want to throw on top of it inside the pita. It's, it's amazing. But, uh, yeah, again, union market completely, you know, transforming itself. And then, uh, yeah, we actually got to do like the full tourist experience of walking from the Capitol (laughs) building past the Washington monument to the Lincoln Memorial. And yeah, Wayne and I were competing on how many steps we could take in one day. Uh, We eclipsed 20,000 a piece. So that was yeah also very nice and and not as much for our feet but uh oh man yeah man um to do all that in three days like we definitely you know took care of business i would say especially while we were you know also working on the side so uh man yeah just just getting it done but yeah just glad to have him here so uh yeah Yeah. thanks for making the the trip obviously yeah thanks for having me and yeah that was great uh i feel like that's just me in a nutshell like i like to walk so it was like it was great walking great eating and going you know a nice beer here and there too so yeah no it was it's definitely been a good time uh so far right now so do you see awesome man well yeah i guess this time next week uh we'll be back in our you know original locations for those that like to see our faces a little bit better (laughs) um but yeah this has been like the the week seven lounge here so uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys soon. Make sure to like and subscribe and leave comments obviously for all the games and stuff and uh yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah.